1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the book of Matthew's account of the Sermon on the Mount. The so-called golden rule is the centerpiece of our passage today. There were many such sayings before this one by Jesus. The difference between these versions of the golden rule and what Jesus said in Matthew 7:12 is one or both of two aspects. The first aspect is that Most other versions are stated negatively rather than positively, as if the primary emphasis is on avoiding certain things. Secondly, the other versions tend to be oriented primarily toward doing what is best for your own self-interest. Please listen to Pastor Jim as we uncover today's slice of the message entitled, The Golden Rule.
0: Now, this kind of persevering prayer accompanied by the visible activity of faith whereby you seek and you and you keep knocking that is two things at once on the one hand that is a distinguishing mark of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven they are the ones who come to the father and keep asking And at the same time, this is also a great privilege of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You can talk to God, and you do talk to God. That's one of the ways that you can see signs of a spiritual pulse. There really is life there. Now, there's one more matter of interpretation here that needs to be pointed out. It's one of those things that is very clear in Greek, and it does not translate into most other languages, certainly not into English without some circumlocution. All three of these commands are present tense. And in Greek, that doesn't just mean what's happening now. It, it has the connotation of continuous activity and or repeated activity. God actually wants to hear from you. How often? Every time you have anything to ask. He wants you to seek what you need. How often? Every single day. He wants you to knock until you have the thing that you need every day. He wants you to ask Him. He delights to give to you. He loves to lead you to the answers. He loves opening the door that you cannot open for yourself. Now, we've got to put some guardrails on this, a couple of points. You might call them of caution. Um, these two wonderful verses, Matthew 7, 7 and 8, ask, seek, knock, They're not a blank check for anyone to get anything that they want by praying. The context is limited to believers, genuine believers. Jesus has distinguished between those who are trapped in the works righteousness system of the Pharisees, and he said that's going to fall infinitely short of even gaining entrance into the kingdom of heaven. This is for those who truly believe. Uh, Prayer is not a matter of formulas and techniques. Prayer is intimate communication within a relationship between a heavenly Father and His adopted child. Another caution here: to claim these promises. And by the way, I I never have really liked that terminology, claim a promise, as if God is just out there like the guy you know selling peanuts and popcorn at the ball game. Peanuts, popcorn, and then you raise your hand and he tosses you one. Um, no, these are standing invitations from God, standing promises from God. But to, shall we say, to avail yourself of these promises, you have to be living in obedience to the Father. We're going to see more of that in the next point. But, of course, these two verses have to be taken in light of what the Bible says in general, in total, about answered prayer. For example, 1 John 3.22, And whatever we ask, we receive. There it is, ask, receive. Whatever we ask, we receive from Him, but that's not a period, that's a comma. Whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do the things that are pleasing in His sight. Don't be asking God for things if you're not willing to do something about it. You know, don't don't ask God to make you a better spouse if you're not willing to change. God will not make you a better spouse by changing the other person. He's going to work in in you, and it might be hard work. Another guardrail, uh, the motive has to be right. God does not obligate Himself to answer selfish requests, carnal requests from His children. As James put it, and I think I pointed this out to you back in chapter 6 as well, James 4.3, you ask and do not receive. Uh-oh, something can short-circuit. The connection between that command and that promise, ask and receive. What can be the short circuit? You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. God, I want what I want because I want it, because I really, really want it, because I like it, because I think I'd be better off with it. No, God, I want what you want because I know that you know best. That's when He answers. Another guardrail, you have to be submissive to his will. We have to subordinate all our requests to what we know that the Father knows is best. The end of James uh, chapter four. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go here and do such and such and spend a year in that city and, 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 and make a profit. And he says, You don't know if you're gonna be alive, but say if the Lord wills, we will also do this or that. Now, this leads to the positive side of Jesus explaining why we can and should ask and seek and knock with patience and diligence and and perseverance. So, point number one, ask, seek, knock, verses 7 and 8. Point number two, why you can ask. Very simple illustration, verses 9, 10, and 11. Or what man is there among you who... When his son asks for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you, then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask Him? It's not hard to interpret. The message is pretty clear your heavenly Father, who is the source of all goodness, He will give good things to His children who address Him with humble petitions. Now, again, a couple of observations there. Notice, God will never deceive His children. God will never give you something phony or worthless. There are lots of counterfeits in the world that can lead you astray, but that will never come from God. He won't give you something other than what you need. And God never disappoints His children. His gifts are always good. Now understand, this does not mean that God always gives you exactly what you thought you needed. He gives you what He knows that you need. He'll never give you anything that is bad for you. And when He doesn't give you just what you ask, it's because He knows that that other thing is better. And sometimes it might sting to realize how far off base you were in asking for that thing because you just didn't see the big picture, the eternal picture that He knows. What earthly parent is foolish enough to give children everything they ask for? That's a a disaster to do that. So would we expect a perfect, infinite, all-knowing, all-loving Father to give us everything we ask for? Of course not. That's not hard at all. Now, the punchline, ask, seek, knock. Why you can ask? Because your Heavenly Father is good and He has your best interest in mind. Now, thirdly, the conclusion, the golden rule. Verses 7 through 11 form a perfect bridge between those Rather stern commands of verses 1 through 6, and this beautiful, positive command that we have to obey now. We've come to call it the golden rule. It's verse 12 of Matthew chapter 7. In everything, stop there, the Greek means everything, all right? There is no relationship with another person in which this doesn't apply, okay? That's pretty easy. In everything, therefore... Oh, my goodness, there's a therefore. You're not understanding the golden rule if you're extracting it from any sort of connection to anything else. In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, in the way that I was taught the golden rule as a child... I recognized right away, it's a good thing. It's a good idea to live that way. But the point was that if I lived that way, it would be better for me. People would treat me better. Now, that's true in general, but only in general. Understand, in chapter 7, Jesus is not unsaying what He said in chapter 5. If, if you if, Blessed are you when people um, persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely on account of me. He has promised that there will be persecution for living the right way. And now he has the audacity to say living the right way is to treat other people the way you want them to treat you. You won't always be getting exactly what you want from that other person. You won't always be treated well in that way. You will be mocked. You will be persecuted. That doesn't mean that it isn't the best way to live. You understand that? Not everyone will treat you well, no matter how well you treat them. But if you treat others kindly, if that is the pattern of your life, if you treat other people the way you would like them to treat you, you're going to have more friends than if you didn't. You're going to have a happier life than if you go around abusing people and treating them badly. God built that in to the world of mankind. He's the one Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald for Heritage Bible
1: Radio. I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.